Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. There ain't no practice runs in life. That is right. This is not a test. It's the real thing. My name is Jason Dias, not alongside, but on behalf of Kiki Culpepper. Kiki is in Colorado as we speak today, one of those square states out west, and she's at camp um, doing what she does. Uh, we do take a hiatus in the summer, but we did want to have some summer content to keep the show going. By way of reminder, don't forget, all you have to do is search at Christcast. 2020, and we fill up the whole first page of Google on that first page because there is no other Christcast 2020. We're the only ones. And don't forget, if you have a voice-enabled device like I have Amazon Alexa here, the Amazon Echo or whatever it's called, you can just say, Alexa, play Christcast 2020 on TuneIn Live, and you will hear the sultry sounds of my voice and, of course, the great Toby Mac intro. You'll be able to hear the latest episode and all the episodes that way if you want. And when I thought about it, do you know how we were able to do that? By simply talking about God, which is awesome. We've got these amazing communicative technologies right now, and yet the Christian faith is under its from within and from without. Imagine what we could do with our social media accounts, our phones, our voices, this amazing communicative medium of social media, blog talk radio. This show can be heard anywhere in the world up to and including the International Space Station. It's two generations with one mission. Like I said, Kiki is not here, but I'm here. and We got a treat for you today. A series of books in the New Testament that are referred to as the pastoral epistles. And from the second Timothy, which is one of those pastoral epistles, chapter four, verse two, it says, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience, because it takes that, and careful instruction. And today we've got somebody that I got to know when he was a vicar at Cross Lutheran Church and School here in New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. And now he's Pastor Garrett Casper. And he's going to talk to us about his road to ministry, his family, and his advice to young people that might be considering a life in service to God and others. And we're going to go to Garrett, and we will do it all right after this. Her name is Kiki Culpepper. She is the new co-host of the Crosscast. Hey, Kiki, thanks for calling in today. No problem. <laughs> my own name leaves me dry. That is right. That was from the first time we ever hosted a show together, and here we are almost 100 episodes later. His name is Pastor Garrett Casper. Hey, Pastor Garrett, how are you? 
Hey, I'm pretty good. How about you? It, it is so good to have you on the show. Yep. Hey, first and foremost, uh, like I said, I got to know you a little bit when you were doing your vicarage. But for people that didn't have that opportunity, uh, tell us about you know where you attended seminary, your vicarage program, and where you'll be serving as a pastor. Yeah, so I had an easy choice for choosing a seminary. I was already Lutheran, and I was already living in St. Louis because I'm a St. Louis native. So I chose Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, and it's they just have an awesome program. The professors there are awesome. It's very intense. It's it's not easy going through and uh, really give great encouragement for the people following me as they prepare for the pastoral ministry. It's it's tough being a student there. They they work you like a dog. They make you read. <laughs> they make you. They expect you to do uh, sight read Greek and Hebrew, even though all you took was an introduction class. So. Yeah, it's it's tough being being a seminary student. But the, and then when the it couldn't get beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And then when it couldn't get any tougher, um they said, "Hey, guess what? You're going to do a vicarage in this town that perhaps you've never heard of down in the hill country of Texas, New Braunfels. Tell us about that year of your life." Yeah, so actually before I prepared to uh head to New Braunfels, uh we have pre-placement meetings for vicarage and met with Dr. Nielsen the placement director and uh, vicar's director and he came to us with actually three choices we had i know many people at cross did not know that we had a choice obviously of san antonio in that area we had a choice of somewhere in kansas city and we had a choice of somewhere in cape Girardeau area but we didn't know any of the churches he gave us a brief description and my heart was pulled towards Texas and San Antonio in that area, um, just by the description of his church. And so we chose that, and that's actually what he gave us was Cross Lutheran Church in New Braunfels, Texas. And it was one great year. Yeah, well, we sure enjoyed I, having you. I do truly. Yeah, I, I mean, Pastor Fraker is an awesome teacher, trainer, and uh, I do truly believe that if I was placed somewhere else for Vicarage, I don't know if I'd be the same person, uh, the same pastor. And I don't, from hearing other people's Vicarages, they didn't get the same opportunities I did with mm-hmm. as much as I preached, as much as I taught, and those kinds of things. And then, of course, after your Vicarage, I think you go back to seminary for a year to finish seminary. Yeah. And then, of course, it's a really big uh, – we've watched this over the years as our vicars have moved back to the seminary, and people are always excited to see where where you end up uh, going to serve. And, of course, you've now been called to serve at a church. Tell us where it is and tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> it's a Christ Lutheran Church in Remsen, Iowa. The first thing anybody says is, where is Remsen? <laughs> it's a – yeah, it's a small little town about – it's northeast of Sioux City, Iowa. It's about 45 minutes, so it's sort of a suburb, but not really kind of deal going on. Uh, the town only is about 2,000 people. We are Our bigger city that we go to for everything is Lamar's, Iowa. It's actually the home of Blue Bunny Ice Cream. Uh, so that's that's our big deal <laughs> going on. 
the, and of course, I, mean, I did. Blue, I don't remember. Blue does, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And does it have a school or is it just the church? It, it's just the church. Um, church. Yeah, just the church. Really, there's only two schools in town, and one of them's owned by the Catholic Church. Hmm. Um, but there's three churches in town, which is an interesting dynamic because the. Evangelical Lutheran Church of America church is right across the street from oh, wow. my church. <laughs> well, y'all have and to get he, a softball team. <laughs> he used to be, a, even better, he used to be a Missouri Synod. Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod pastor. Wow. So, we, yeah, we've had some interesting things going on. Interesting uh, the dynamic. average attendance of the church is not, about 91 to 100. But at yeah. that same time, we're also having we're this is the first time we've had five generations in the workplace and the churches and yep. whatnot in the United States, but they're doing a great job of that diversity in their church. Yep. So it either says something about Iowa or the church or or both and what they're doing. Usually, when I see a church that size, I think well, 66 plus dominates the attendance, but it, I don't think that's going to be true. For this church, well, that's awesome. You'll you'll have to mix in a little bit of the uh, classic Lutheran hymns and a little bit of Toby Mac and Mercy Me along the way. I actually and actually that, speak yeah. I actually speak on that topic in my in my uh, secular life. I, I I speak on the topic of of generations and the uniqueness of having so many. Um, you know, prescient generations in the marketplace today and in the workplace today, then that is very interesting. Now, of course, you're you're a member of the millennial generation, the 20-something yes. generation. Yes. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, and I wanted to ask you, it's so funny, I was doing a speech last week in Dallas, Texas, and I, I called up an intern who was about your age and put up a picture of a television show that everybody over the age of 40 would know. It was Gilligan's Island, and she had no idea oh, okay. what it was, and I thought that was interesting. Um, so when you go back to when you were young, do you, if you're still young, but when you were younger than you are now, do you remember when you said to yourself or started thinking about, you know what, I think I might like to pursue a life in in ministry? Do you remember when you were making that decision? Yeah, I was actually about eight years old oh, wow. when I said that. And I I would follow my mom around with the Bible and and um, basically give her mini sermons all day long um, <laughs> from that time. But then as I got older, I started to kind of fall away from it. And it's kind of like when you're young, you say, I want to be this when I grow up, but then you're never that kind of thing. And um, once I got to high school, I kind of wanted to do more of chef kind of cook work, oh, wow. that kind of thing, own a restaurant those kinds of things. Um, but then along the way, I always had this uh, tugging at me. And something I, I mean, something I talked about with my home church pastor uh, as we were talking about calls and he was teaching me about accepting and receiving calls. He had a good reminder, the call seeks the man, the man doesn't seek the call. And so that that's a good reminder that, I mean, I wasn't really seeking it, but God was there. And of course, I tried to use my excuses, but obviously that didn't work for any, anybody <laughs> in the Bible, so it's not going to work for me either. No, it's not. <laughs> and so that's, I mean, that's where I am eight, ten years later is now 
ordained as a pastor, and so um, my excuses obviously didn't work. Well, I'm, I'm sure your I'm sure your new church is going to be very happy to have you. I know we enjoyed having you as a vicar. We're visiting uh, with new pastor Garrett Casper, talking about his road to ministry and his and his new church. Uh, we talked about this just a little bit in the pre-call, and you kind of alluded to it with these five generations. And um, I like what you just said about the excuses. And if you remember, uh, and I'm sure you do, uh, Moses telling God, I'm not eloquent. I can't be your spokesperson. And, of course, he's probably the most important spokesperson for God in the Old Testament and uh, uh, mm-hmm. certainly in the Old Testament. And uh, that's interesting. But God leaves a remnant in us uh, that can be used to light a significant spark in a fire. And I'm so glad it stayed in you and has now manifested itself as you as you move into a very difficult role at a very, very difficult time in our contemporary Christian history. And so I wanted to mm-hmm. ask you that when you when you think about, you know, a pastor is not just a spiritual leader of his flock. You're going to be a marriage counselor, a financial advisor, a youth pastor. You know, if you're talking, and of course, the, this show can be heard by people who aren't in Iowa, can be heard anywhere in the world, but what would your advice mm-hmm. be to young people um, who might be just once they just thought, you know, I like, I might be good at that. I might be good at being a pastor. What would be your advice to them if they're considering a career in ministry? I think the biggest things that helped for me along the way, and probably didn't realize until now or until I was preparing for this, was the people that I had in my lives that I kept in my lives. I had pastors in my life, um, one in high school and one from my home church that have really been good guys to talk to. And those are the guys that really shape you and see the potential in you. But I think the part of the biggest thing is we don't, I mean, we don't really want to participate in our churches. And as you prepare as a young man going to pastoral or a lady going to DCE or any church work, you need to be involved in your church. One of the biggest things for me was I didn't have enough experience compared to a lot of the people in my classes, some of them were older. Um, you know, they were DCEs or something before in the right. church. And so for a young person, it's it's really hard when you go into an interview and uh, to be an associate pastor or whatnot, and you don't have that experience. They're going to somebody older with that experience. Even in our classes, the people are starting to be – 30 plus the 26 year old or 27 year old is not the, not the common anymore at Concordia Seminary. And so I think just finding and participating and getting as much experience as you can when you're a young person will really help you to, uh, you know, shape your life and God and shape your future. I think that's great. The, the picture I selected for um, the episode page is a picture of you standing in front of a cake. And I think that was probably from (laughs) your ordination ceremony. But what I love about that picture is in the background, there is one of those big floor mops that's kind of leaning up against the wall. And there's just something very humble about that picture. And I think that's probably a big part of, of what you need when you go into pastoral life is a great deal of humility. And because 
as I'm sure you know, as I'm sure Pastor Fraker has told you, and I'm sure you you witnessed with your own eyes and the ears, you know, it is it is amazing what we choose to argue about as a church family, the songs we sing, mm-hmm. the things we do. And, you know, there's always there's always people that think we can do things better. And so you're not just the pastor, you're the manager of the church. And it's I really do. I said this on Facebook and I mean it. Where we are right now in the world today, I, I, I believe young men going into the ministry are more necessary in our contemporary American culture than young men like me that went into the military when I was young, because I really do believe we are in a fight for the soul of the country. And as I said to you on Facebook, I'll be a Christian soldier, you be a Christian saint, and hopefully we'll meet in the afterlife and know that we did a great job. Now, the folks at Cross Lutheran will get on my case if I don't ask you this question. I know you have a young son, but tell us a little bit about your growing family. Oh, yeah. So my wife is uh, pregnant, and we're expecting in October, and we know that we just found out (laughs) Uh, last week or week before that it's a girl. Oh, perfect. And we'll be naming her Susie Lindley. Uh, nice. The namesake is after um, after my wife's mother. Uh, she passed away in January from pancreatic cancer. And many of the people at Cross know uh, yep. that we prayed for her continuously so to give her strength during that time. And eventually uh, she did confess Christ to us. And yep. that's the best thing. And so we we feel confident that she's there with him. That's and, awesome. That's uh, that's uh, something I try to tell people yeah. all the time is that you know God has got a lot of patience. Whether it is when you're mm-hmm. eight years old or when you're on the business end of a terminal diagnosis, uh, God is not just waiting for you. He will actually run towards you and embrace you as the prodigal. Son. And I heard that at, at church, and I was really, I was really touched by that because we had kind of talked about that a little bit in Bible study, yeah. and so I'm very, very glad to hear that. So that's great. You'll have the the son uh, to look after, the little sister. I think that's just, <laughs> I think that's just beautiful, just beautiful. And um, of course, I always like to ask because I'm curious. My my favorite Bible verse is Ephesians 2:22, and you two are being built together into a dwelling place in which God lives by His Spirit. I'm always curious since you spent so much time in the Bible, if it's even possible to have a favorite Bible verse, but is there a favorite Bible verse that you have or have had in the past? There, There isn't really a favorite Bible verse. I'm more of a a favorite section, and it's pretty much anything Pauline. Uh, anything yep. from Paul's epistles are great in and, and his life, and he, I mean, he brings about most of the doctrine that we follow as a church body and just reading his letters is very encouraging for people, especially, you know, his letters to Timothy as a young pastor and getting prepared for that ministry. Yeah. Um, I always, I've been, I've been trying to use this metaphor with a lot of people, the difficulty in the world in which you're going to enter into as a, as a pastor. And it sounds so bad. We look around and we see all of the, the chaos and we've moved from debating the role of God in our public life to how fast can we eliminate any vestige of God in our public life. And that is the real struggle in America today. But what people don't always understand, since you mentioned the Apostle Paul, his job was even harder. As I tell people, uh, the Apostle Paul's job was to go into cities that were having 24-7 
bachelor parties, you know, just living the life, mm-hmm. um, having a great time. And it's like walking into a place where someone's having a great time and saying, hey, let's stop doing this and go to church. That is a very, very difficult thing to do, and Paul did it without the benefit of a Facebook account, an Instagram account, a Snapchat account, a car, you know, um, even comfortable walking shoes. And so I think the challenge that you've accepted is just, is just amazing. And the other thing I try to impress upon people, since you mentioned five generations, uh, you and I have met, so you know I'm a bit – a bit older than you, but it was only Mm -hmm. two generations ago. It was only two generations ago when I was a sixth grader, right down the road from where I'm broadcasting here in New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof, down in Live Oak at Crestview Elementary, a public school where I was Joseph for the the Christmas play, and we called it that, the Christmas play uh, for the whole school. Mm. Um, And when I did that, I didn't know that one of the third graders sitting out in the audience um, would become my wife of 23 years this year. Uh, And then my uh, my Mary, uh, another military adoptee, uh, Gina Jones, who was Korean. We had the we had the Brown Joseph and the Korean Mary up there doing the nativity. And it was a public school and nobody said a word. Nobody complained. Nobody filed a lawsuit. And I defy you to go try that today at a public school. And that's the world into which you're entering ministry two generations later. And if things don't change, where will we be two generations from now? And I think it's just absolutely awesome that a young man like you, with the education that you've received, uh, you could certainly use that level of education and go off and make more money and have more things. And you've decided – to do this as a as a final as a final question, um, what are you hoping for in the short and long term for your ministerial profession? <laughs> I, it's not going to be easy. Uh, yeah, we see a shift from post Christ from Christendom. Now we're living in this post Christendom world, yeah. and just reaching reaching out to the big deal is reaching out to millennials. Oh yeah, and their families because yeah, the other generations they're kind of they're into it. Millennials don't like the institution; they don't want to be a part of anything. Sometimes we're called the nothings, just like our children below us are also called the nothings because we don't want to be a part of it. And I think just being a young man will help me to reach out to those people. To connect with them, out. you know, I am a millennial, so it's it's something to connect on. And yeah, it's it's a challenging world we live in. Very challenging. Uh, I really, I cannot tell you enough how much I admire uh, the role that you've accepted to play in what is what is a very very challenging time, especially in our contemporary American culture, which used to be a very, very unapologetic Judeo-Christian culture, and I did not expect in my lifetime to to witness the degradation of of the church as I've seen it. And you're right. You know, I was a young person who who didn't spend a lot of time in church. When I was in the army, I almost never went to church. But like I said, God leaves a remnant in you. When I was in the army at Fort Ord and the Pope was appearing at Laguna Seca, which was the next block over from Fort Ord, California. I went and asked, hey, can the Catholics go see the Pope tomorrow? And it was a weekday, and of course they were like, hey, you're in the Army. You're not a tourist here. So I got in my car, drove down to see (laughs) the post 
chaplain and said, hey, um, can the Catholics be excused tomorrow to go see this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see Pope John Paul II in 1987? And sure enough, the word went out, and I don't know how they did it, probably a phone tree or a memo, um, but all the all the Catholics uh, got to go see the Pope the next day. And I always think back on that time. There's a little remnant in me that had been that had been built into me from going to Catholic Mass every Sunday at 10 a.m. at St. Monica's Catholic Church in Converse, Texas. You had to be dead in my family to miss Mass on Sunday. And, <laughs> and it was just it was just kind of funny because, of course, you would be amazed how many people became Catholic the next morning. Even my Jewish friend, Eric Rothschild, became a practicing Catholic for a day to go see uh, Pope John Paul II. And although I'm not Catholic anymore, though, I've got no regrets about coming up Catholic and the way my parents raised me in the church. And I think that probably has a lot to do with why I still feel connected as I do uh, to Cross Lutheran and Oakwood Baptist where I go to church now. Hey, Garrett, listen, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. I want to wish God's blessings to you and your family and your daughter to be. And I know I speak for everybody here in New Braunfels, Texas, and at Cross Lutheran Church and School, that it was an honor to play a small part in the chronology of your road to where you are now. And I just want to wish you the absolute best, many abundant blessings on you and yours. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. It was a joy to be on. All right, everybody. That's Pastor Garrett Casper. Great job. Absolutely. That's right. We're not in church, so you can clap. You can clap. Absolutely. Hey, listen, uh, my name is Jason Dash. You've been listening to the ChristCast 2020. On behalf of Kiki Culpepper, as we like to say, this is not a test. It's the real thing. And to God be the glory. There ain't no practice runs in life. This is, this is not a Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.